Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, and uh, good morning to you. It's uh, Wednesday, the 17th of July, 2019, and I'm really going to try mightily. I was talking to myself on the way down here saying, you've got to stop. This has happened before. You've got to stop beginning every show with a sigh <laughs> because I, I inadvertently do it. And, yeah, I, you know, given the reality of uh, what's happening and what we talk about, it's, you know, it's understandable, but it still is, is not a good show open. <sighs> Just not. Uh Unless we could make a musical version, you know, some kind of a lead-in with like, woe is us and all that kind of stuff, but, and, you know, make it funny or something. But uh, no, they're from the heart <laughs> and <laughs> they're unhappy. So uh, those of you who are watching this can see that I'm holding my microphone because um, the, the chewing gum that was has... Yeah, given up, and uh, and the only way I'm going to get through the show is this way. Um, okay. Oh, that was where oh, almost a sigh. You know, just when I start, when I start, it just it bubbles up. It just bubbles up. I'm going to try really not to. Uh, okay. Let's just start talking about something, and, uh, oh dear, let's, let's start with it, and then, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> how am I supposed to, like, wipe my nose, hold my mic, and do the show at the, how am I supposed to do this, would that I were an octopus, okay, so, I was saying yesterday that, we need to steel ourselves and pace ourselves because we are in for uh, a brutal and frightening uh, election season. Uh, well, let me... I'm not going to start here. This came from the Wall Street Journal today, and uh, I have not seen these numbers. I'm not surprised by them. And it is, incredibly, a, uh, a little opinion piece from one of their more liberal contributors. <laughs> and by that, I don't mean particularly liberal, just more liberal, which means, I guess, not, uh, you know, a neo-fascist. Uh, and he's talking about the fact that nationalism, which is what Trump uh is riding on white nationalism to be uh to be specific but of course that's not racist uh is not a good fit is where this guy's coming from for the nation founded uh in 1776 well, that's not true. Was it founded in 70? We declared our independence. The nation itself wasn't particularly founded, I guess, until the... How's that work? Until the Constitution was ratified? I don't know. 69% of voters... This is what we're up against, okay? I'm sorry. I should have a handkerchief. 69% of voters who supported Trump in the primaries last time around... Uh, believe that you cannot be truly American if you haven't lived in the United States for most of your life. That number drops only slightly when you say, is somebody truly American who wasn't born here? Which is to say that 63% Two-thirds of the people who voted for Donald Trump answered to the question, oh no, excuse me, 72%, excuse me, 72% of Trump primary voters said 
that you are not truly American unless you were born here. Well, that's why I guess, I mean, what, what, what? That means that so many of our fathers, grandfathers, spouses, my son, my son who knows no other country would not be considered by almost three quarters of the people who voted for Donald Trump to be a an American. Wow. These numbers show that Trump knows who his voters are and it's why we're in for such a difficult year and a half. Also, disconcertedly, disconcertingly, 56% of Republicans and 63% of Trump primary voters say you cannot be truly American unless you are Christian. Okay, I'm going to have to... Uh, unless you are Christian. Well, that takes me out of the game then. So uh, um, I'm not a t American to these people because I'm a Jew. Uh, my son is not because he was not born here. Uh, you see how their view of, and the president's, of who is a real American uh, where that they hold these views uh, in what where they're supposed to be a heart, and extraordinarily, almost a third of all of these people uh, believe that Americans must be of European heritage or descent. Well, that's just flat out uh, KKK material. So. Houston, we got a problem. And I've got somebody emailing me saying racism, xenophobia, boring. Huh. Wow. Well, then why don't you tell the president and the Republican Party to stop basing their, their entire what seems raison d'etre, their, uh, their, their need to court racists and xenophobes and anti-Semites. Talk to them. Don't talk to me who's reacting to it when I read that three-quarters of the people who voted for him don't think I'm a real American because I'm a Jew. You don't think that's troublesome? Because you fit all the bills, you're a white, heterosexual Christian. Ah, well, you're in free. You're, you're a real American as opposed to me, as opposed to my son, my grandfather. Nobody gives a shit, says this emailer. Trump in 2020. I just think we need to be uh, not in our own bubbles, right? We need to look with with un, unvarnished, un, I don't think that's the right adjective, but whatever. With um, We need to see things clearly. And what we are seeing and what we are learning is that a frightening, frightening number of Americans and we're obviously talking about white Americans here <laughs> how can you get away from race when we're talking about white America of which I appear to be a part but if you start digging down with these white Americans I'm talking about the Trump voters 
and an awful lot of them don't claim me as a fellow white American. Wrong religion. You can't be Muslim, you can't be Hindu, you can't be atheist, you can't be a Sikh, you can't be a Jew, you can't be, well, you name it, a Buddhist. I mean, I, however many religions there are. And, and it's weird because I don't, where is that written in, in any of our foundational documents that you have to be a white Christian? Where is that? I must have missed that part. Kellyanne Conway yesterday saying to a clearly Jewish reporter, what's your ethnicity when he was asking her a question about Trump's tweet? What's your ethnicity? This is where we are. This is getting... If you don't recognize what is happening in your country, as much as it is mind-blowing, as much as you never, ever, ever thought in your wildest dreams, you would see on a daily basis this level of white nationalism and coming from the highest offices in the land, spread by media, this is your country now. Incredible. A reporter asks a question, a perfectly legitimate question. What's your ethnicity? The same person who asked that question, what's your ethnicity, Kellyanne Conway, also yesterday, on two separate occasions in two different statements, said that the four congresswomen that the president targeted were part of a dark underbelly of people in this country. What do you think she meant by that? And how strange that she used the term dark underbelly. And then in the other thing she said, she got rid of underbelly, but she kept the dark. And then she went nuts and said, we're sick and tired of you people uh, you know, saying bad stuff about the, our country. And this is a woman who serves as the right-hand maiden of a president who achieved the office he holds, the office he defiles on a daily basis, by virtue of speaking constant ill of America. Do we remember? He called, when he was running, he said we were a laughing stock a number of times. Even in his inaugural address, he talked about, and I remember when he said it, I thought, what the hell are you talking about? He talked about American carnage. And this guy, who got to where he is by disparaging this country, now says that it is unpatriotic to say anything negative about it. He said over and over that the United States was no better than Russia uh, when it came to moral values. Remember the exchange with Bill O'Reilly, if you remember him, when he was going on about how awful America was, how unexceptional it was. He refused to say he thought American exceptionalism was an awful turn of phrase. And if you think that he didn't, I mean, we can cite chapter and verse, give you videotapes, okay? Not that it matters for people like the guy who emailed me.
So he's doing that interview with O'Reilly, and he's praising his friend Vladimir Putin, who's very busily at work trying to get him to the White House. And it was even too much for Bill O'Reilly, who said to the Republican candidate for president, but Putin's a killer, said Bill O'Reilly. And Trump famously responded, what? Do you think our country is so innocent? Now, you can argue that he's right. We're killers too. But can you imagine if AOC or Ilhan Omar were to say that? Why he'd want their heads, right? And here's the smartest thing that I saw anybody say. She is a, this is a Columbia University professor, scholar of conservatism. And she said this about him speaking ill of America, of how it was coming apart at the seams if he wasn't allowed to ride to its rescue. And then he gets elected. And she said, so now, as president, he sees America as an avatar of himself. So it must be great, because, of course, he is great. And to speak ill of America, a.k.a. Donald Trump, is unacceptable. She says, from this perspective, to allow that America has faults would be to allow that Trump himself has faults, something he has never been willing to acknowledge. And this idea, we ran into it in the 60s. If you voice criticism of the country, Republicans will always tell you to get the hell out. Love it or leave it. It was a bumper sticker during the 60s. And yet, it is those who speak critically of the country who have often been its greatest patriots. Tony says, that first emailer sounds like one of the trolls on your Facebook page. The comment section on your Facebook page is filled with Trump trolls and Russian bots. I have to laugh when I see them because I doubt that you have anything to do with posting on the page, let alone reading the comments. You're so smart. You're correct. I don't. I don't. I don't see them. They're wasting their energy and their time, although they're getting to the people who who might, you know, go to that page. We have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. 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 Hey, um, I, I just wanted to, I, I think I'm on topic, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to ask you something about something that I'm afraid you're going to get really enraged. That's not my intention in asking you this question. It's something I genuinely don't understand. Um, so, you know, in all of this controversy that, the Omar's comments have come back up and, uh, uh, you know, what she said about uh, the Benjamins or whatever, uh, uh, I forget the, that was termed, you know, on your show and elsewhere as being anti-Semitic. So, but I'm trying to, so, but what she was, so this is what I don't understand is on Monday on your show, you were talking about how AOC's uh, chief of staff or whatever shouldn't use the racism term whenever it's not justified. Um, and as I recall, this is the comparison I'd like to make with the risk of pissing you off. Is I thought what Omar was talking about was that lobbyists 
for Israel, um, you know, were throwing money, and that that's why. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. Listen, listen. You Israel. are incorrect in in um, in remembering that I uh, said that her comment was anti-Semitic, or that she oh, was I, an anti, or sorry. that she was an anti-Semite. I no, she was she no, was no no I don't think you think she was, she was factually she, she was, was factually incorrect in that she was talking about APAC and APAC does not in any way lobby with I mean they don't have, they don't do their thing with money they do not it is well known so she was she was the the trope when you put Jews together with their money somehow buying influence in government that is an old anti-Semitic trope, and I yeah, remember I saying that she needs to, you know, she comes from Sudan, I mean Somalia, right? Sudan, right. yeah, one of those. I'm pure American here. Sudan, Somalia, what's the difference? She comes from a, right, a Muslim I, nation <laughs> in which she, I have to believe, was schooled from day one in anti-Israel. Uh, this is what has been put in her head since day one. Um, and she, I said she needs to listen a little more and perhaps educate herself a little more. Whatever. I don't think she knew that was an anti-Semitic trope. The fact that she does not support Israel uh, does not make her an anti-Semite either. Although, right. as I was saying right. yesterday, clearly yeah. the Republicans are helping to make this a true a truism that right. the word Israel now is becoming synonymous with the word Jew. So if you're down with Israel, you're you know, down to the Jews as well, because they, they're, they're starting to mesh. And that's where, you know, the left has done a lot of damage in that regard. Um, I Look, I, I don't know. I have often said about, about anti-Semitic, people calling people anti-Semites, that that gets thrown around too much by some Jews, okay. and that devalues the word. And I just used that same thing for, you know, doing what AOC's uh, chief of staff did in regard to uh, throwing racism around. You, you, you don't want to devalue these words. No. That's all. No, and I, so I guess, yeah, because I, I, so I guess maybe what I was, so you, so you were saying that what she was saying is, sounds like an anti-Semitic No, it, trope, it is. So it's an anti-Semitic it trope. Doesn't mean well, she is an anti-Semite, although okay. if she doesn't educate herself and keeps on using those tropes, then I'd have to uh, revisit my my sense of, of where she's coming from. So Okay, so can you correct me? Because I have read, I'm not going to be able to pull up the reference or anything, but somewhere that what the way APAC works is that it hooks up candidates with donors, but yeah, that the APAC does not directly give the money. I don't know. I just know that they do not directly give any money. They right, I mean, mostly, so, are, what they're about is education. So they're, they're about putting out uh, their, their point of view uh, and, and uh, doing like uh, trips uh, for Congress people to Israel, you know, it, 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 what a lot of, I mean, it, it, they do what a lot of lobbyists do. Well, They're a lobbying well, right. organization. That's what, that was exactly what I thought. And so, yeah. like, in, you know, like in general, like it's kind of proud of, I don't, so I'm, I, I would have thought that a, a trip to Israel would not be like a bad thing to get, but like a, if we were talking about a trip, other places wouldn't that be a, a way of lobbying that we would in every other case look at as something that would influence the legislators no but i think the legislators are to report that kind of i i look i am not an expert on on these kinds of uh the the laws well, about I, this I, I don't know if you just report it or you have to you don't allow apac to pay your way they just or i don't know okay so yeah, I was. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I don't know either. Okay. Well, so <laughs> we both don't illegal. know. I know. We we both don't know. 
But uh, thank you. I did not get angry, and uh, so appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 Um, this was interesting that I saw. If you go to the United States Equal Opportunity Commission, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission website, this is our government, and they defined for you what is illegal, what constitutes harassment of an employee uh, based on race or, or, or gender or national. Here, here's the one for national or It's just a little part of it. This is from the EEOC website. Harassment based on national origin. Examples of potentially unlawful, unlawful conduct include taunting, ethnic epithets, or comments like, go back to where you came from. Whether made by supervisors or by coworkers. So, let us be clear. The president's tweet was a violation of our law. It was harassment of an American, harassment of anybody, because of their national origin. And telling somebody to go back to where they came from is actually part of the examples on the website of the EEOC that if a supervisor or even a fellow worker were to say that to somebody, there could be big trouble for that company. Here we have the President of the United States saying it, and the Republicans in Congress refusing to acknowledge that in fact it was actually unlawful by definition of regulations put forward for a long, long time by the country itself. Incredible. Really. And you'll be happy to hear that a second uh, Republican candidate for Mississippi uh, governor has also now claimed that, said, not claimed, said that he will never meet alone with a woman. Appearances are important, said Bill Waller Jr., who, by the way, was the former Chief Justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court. Appearances are important. What's going on in so the pushback going on in so many ways? I was I was again I was sort of thinking to myself last night. Wow. Remember how. <laughs> remember how good we felt when Barack Obama was elected and then reelected. And how naive we were. Because we while we were celebrating and patting ourselves on the back. Remember people saying it was a post-racial America? <laughs> In fact, our Supreme Court, John Roberts, used all of that to get rid of a huge part of the Voting Rights Act. Ah, oh, we're beyond that. Look, we've had a uh, black person as president. There's black people here, there, and everywhere. Hmm? We did not know that there was this whole other huge part of America that was just simmering in juices of hatred and fear and the fact that they were being somehow crowded out of their country and they have been heard from now and they elected 
one of their own, Donald Trump. And we are seeing that other side of America, which is frighteningly ugly. Ryan Dito is joining us. Speaking of frighteningly ugly, no, I was thinking, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Got me. I'm kidding. I, it reminds me. It, it segues. I was. It reminds me of this, um, the funniest uh, segue I ever heard on the TV news, and it was some Sally Wigan coming out of the weather or something, where somebody said it's really frigid, or or so, I don't know. I can't now. I can't remember it exactly. <laughs> or 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 was it? Or, or was it the weather guy who said, and speaking of frigid, here's Sally oh. Wigan. I think that might have been it. I, I, no, no, I, no, but it was funny. It was funny. Here, get over here. <laughs> you got to get a mic. Uh, uh, hello. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, you know, um, I, all right, all right. I'm, here, I are we on? Little, uh, yeah, no, we're good. Right. We're good, okay. right? We're good. I was just trying to get close. Okay. Okay. So, um, you got this email. Yep. As I started the show today, okay. Racism, xenophobia, boring. Oh, boring. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> That's right. No one cares. It's in, you know. No one cares. That's why it's dominating literally every news cycle at this point. Well, <laughs> you know, because the news media are a bunch of you know like un-American. Uh, That's right. Liberal. We're a bunch types. of traitors. Yeah, you know? we are. We traitors. should go back to where we came from. Well, in fact, here. Uh, yeah, but well. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, Fremont, California. Yeah, but yeah, yeah well, California, I could <laughs> oh, figure that's right, you. Yeah. Oh, God. Break us off into the ocean, right? That's what they say. Oh, God. Okay. Mr. Avocados, I'll say that. Ryan Dito is a, um, a crack writer and reporter for uh, Pittsburgh City Paper. And um, we're, we're going to pick his brain um, weekly. Uh Speaking of the race thing, yeah, um, it's Mike Kelly is a Congress is a member of Congress. Yeah, he along with AOC and Mm -hmm. and Conor Lamb, Mike Doyle, uh, and um, whatever famous ones. Yeah, yeah, right. So he represents what Butler? Yeah, Butler up to Erie, basically. Yeah, Butler up to Erie. So the Western. Uh, northwestern part yeah, of um, Pennsylvania, yep. and he represents that swath of America in uh, the U.S. Congress. Yes, in the House. Yeah, and he has since 2010, I believe. All right, he has been heard to say <laughs> that the headline of the story is just so laughably funny. Uh, well, it's what he said. Yeah, he says he basically said he's a person of color because he is white. Like, yeah. verbatim, that's what he says. He says, I'm a person, person of, of color. color. I'm white. I'm white. <laughs> I'm <laughs> which, white. Um, which, which uh, if I mean, I'm almost certain that almost every American is already aware of this, but the historical concept of person of color has always applied to, to people who are not white. Who are not white. Right, right, right. Always, okay, okay, ever okay. since like the 1700s. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So here's his quote. You know, they talk about people of color. I'm a person of color. I'm white. I'm an Anglo-Saxon. People say things all the time. I don't get offended. Yeah. What? And what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what? It's, you, it's crazy. Um, apparently, he, Are they that stupid, or <laughs> is it just... No. Um, he knows what he's... No, I don't think I, so. I think I don't. I don't think. I don't think any. I don't think most members of Congress are just completely dumb and stupid but i definitely think that mike kelly doesn't he's dumb on this issue i don't think he understands what he's talking about apparently he didn't even read the tweets that like trump put out so he's just replying to what is in the sphere of of whatever media he's consuming about this and so i guess that's what his comment was to a a vice news reporter um about about the general just the general hoopla that was uh, surrounding uh, these uh, these tweets and the um, well, uh, let, you let, know, the other congresswomen okay. that were um, uh, you know they were directed at, who all, all of whom happened to be people of of color. color. Yes, and I mean, thinking of his district, there aren't a lot of people of color in that district. 
No. Not a lot. No, no. I know a few black people from Erie, but yeah. and not you know, it, a lot. Erie does have a pretty substantial Special. and growing, well, it was growing until Trump came in office. Uh, uh, immigrant population. Yeah, exactly. Refugee population, yeah. That was one of the ways they were able to, like, ho- like sustain their you know, population decline was... Well, that's was, the way I, America I, I, always has I, sustained yeah. its population well, and, and its economy. Rust Belt towns like Erie, yeah. Erie, Utica, these other kind of like hard like on their luck towns are, are, are basically accepting of refugees because they need to uh, fill their tax base. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so Mike Kelly says this, uh, says this comment and it, I, I really think it's emblematic of, of just how, how bad... Um, a lot of conservatives are on race issues like they're just totally ignorant. I mean, this is not a new person of color is not a new statement. It as I, I, I looked up a little bit of the history of it. I think it was first used in America in like 1790s and it was referring to biracial people basically first. And since then, it's it, it, it's just obviously grown. I mean, that's hundreds of years ago. So like, <laughs> I can do the math, right? It is. <laughs> um, so since then, uh, it's just been in in our lexicon. It is it has obviously been used um, to apply to people who are not white. It's a catch-all term, basically, for people who are not white. So whereas we can say someone's a Black American, or we can say someone's a Latino American, um, but you know, this was in the Wall Street people. Journal today. Okay. Yeah. And it's uh, 63% of Republicans and 72% of Trump primary voters last cycle say that you are not truly American unless you are born here. Yeah. Okay. That t- that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge number. That's huge. That takes my son out. Yeah. 56% of Republicans and 63% of Trump primary voters say that you cannot be truly American unless you are a Christian. Yeah. That takes me out. Yeah. Those are, those are, <laughs> me too. Those are, those are big. Yeah. I mean, those are over 50%, yeah. both if you just look at Republicans in general, yeah. or if you look at Trump primary voters. Yeah. I mean, the Christian one is really crazy because that is like antithetical to the like, foundational yeah. <laughs> documents of the country. Yeah. But, but they don't get it. No, well, and I think that, like, speaks to the power of, um, like, white supremacy and, you know, um, the ascendance of the Christian right uh, as as basically the, the, um, the, like, flag bearers of the conservative movement at this point. And, uh, I mean, the whole idea of, like, not being born in the country you can't be American is just, <laughs> is, is, is also totally antithetical to... to, to you know, to our values and the fact that the vast majority of Americans, um, we are, all came from immigrants, are, are, unless, are, are, yeah, come from unless you're Native, Native American or the descendants yeah. of people brought yeah. here in bondage. And we literally just for like the first time, I think in history, elected female Native American Congress right. people. So, right. so if we want to make that claim, why haven't there been the majority of like, let's say our politicians have been Native American, which isn't the case at all. Like, I mean, it's not. You want to be born here? Yeah. Yeah. That means Native Americans. Yeah. All you white folks, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And then also, like, what does that say to the like the dreamers or 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 uh, um you know or it y- says you're not wanted. No, you know, quote unquote, like anchor babies or whatever, right? Like, like, but. But they're born here, so they're American. But I, I, I would, I would ask, I would love to see a poll that would ask those same people how they feel about quote unquote anchor babies, you know, whether or not they're American or not, right? Like, well, by virtue of the term, yeah. anchor baby, yeah. which came from them, which yeah. is not a legal term or a yeah. term no, we've no, heard no. before yeah, until yeah. these, you know, wondrous uh, word spinners on the conservative side came up with that, yeah. calling a human being an anchor baby. <laughs> It's insane. Calling a human being an illegal alien. Yeah. Calling human beings anything but human beings. But I guess all this stuff is like, we shouldn't be surprised that, like, representatives like Mike Kelly, like, don't understand and are willing to say, like, stupid things, you know, concerning race, because that's, like, how the conservative movement has been talking about racial Race. issues forever for for well yeah for for a, like you know at least for, the last like 40 years like, well forever yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's how well, the, I mean, it's how I mean, the democrats could, talked about it before lbj yes. before lbj signed the voting rights yes. act and yes. the civil rights yes. act yeah i i was a i sent out a tweet about because someone said something about like you know there's that 
um, you know, someone said like, uh, oh, Biden said that like Trump is like the most racist yeah, president, president ever. ever. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Woodrow, oh, no, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, Hello. Yeah. So many. Oh, so many. And, uh, those were, and those were Democrats, too. So like uh, this idea that like racism. Andrew hasn't Jackson, been Andrew Johnson. I mean, I, we, one can uh, go on and on yeah, and on and yeah. on. Yeah. Right. Come on. Yes. It, which is crazy. Um and so, yeah, I think I think like it, the like the story blowing up, you know, the Trump racist tweet story blowing up so much and having it trickle into um, uh, some of these, uh, you know, Western Pennsylvania politicians or Western Pennsylvania conservatives. Um, I think it shows just how weak, weak um, our whole area is on like um, addressing race. Uh, oh, God. And then especially among the conservatives who who who, who yeah. just like stick their foot in their mouth. You know, I want to I'm going to. Um, uh, I'm going to actually say something that I'm, I'm going to uh, call on the ghost of William Buckley and and others before him. And I am going to say that calling Mike Kelly and all of these people conservatives does a disservice to American conservatism historically. Okay. Yeah. Would you agree? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think, yeah. they were all about, I mean, granted, they were yeah. all about keeping what they sure, had sure. and and you know the but these tr- Trump's administration is not fiscally conservative no. it's what right no. right not at all no not at all no there's a lot of things there, that there, conservatives yeah. stood for that they, they do don't. not anymore yeah. deficit yeah. spending yeah I mean, gee. Sure. I think I think there was something that just said that the, the, they they're going to predict that the deficit Trilli- uh, up to a trillion, a trillion dollars the recession. Yeah, it's a, and this is this is what happens because they're 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 full of talk. Yeah, and and they they're such unbelievable hypocrites. These are not conservatives. This is now a white nationalist party. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, so uh, I would I not call them conservatives. I don't. Yeah, I I think that's right. I think I think. There are there are a lot of conservative values that even to this day um, could be sold to um, to the public, uh, you know, and and people could convince them as, you know, virtuous, I might argue, you know, differently. But I think generally could be sold. But that's not what the current Republican movement is really hanging its hat on. It's hanging its hat on immigration and racial issues. And um, it's the only hope they have for victory. I that's, think so. that's what I they think. think. Yeah. It got them I there mean, the first time. I, I, I think it actually, even 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 in the 2018 wave, um, you know, for the Democrats, you know, people might argue, oh, look, it didn't work here. But I think there's just what happened was is there were so many people that were upset that Trump was president, and there were so many people upset with the way he handles race that they came out. But it also increased turnout among conservatives too. It does fire them up. Yes, it, it does, does get them to go to the yes, polls. Yes, it does. So even in Pennsylvania, where there was a huge Democratic wave. The difference between what happened post Obama and post Trump is really telling because post Obama being elected, Democrats, their turnout dropped. Dropped. Exactly. And, you know, that's you what know, Democrats do. You know, yeah. And then and then all the conservatives, you know, upped. And then post Trump, the Democrats came back, came roaring back. But, but the conservatives or the Republicans didn't didn't lose turnout. No, they, they also stay. Still they, increased turnout. they are steadfast. Yes. And we are not. Yes. And so that they will, always the they case. will continue to do this. And in the way that they have built a defense mechanism around racial issues as well, because there's plenty of people that also just downplay racism as an issue and will gaslight other people into saying like the more you say something racist the more that um you know it's it it doesn't have effect anymore you can't just play the race card over and over again and i'll segue into this in terms of selena zito going uh recently okay let's selena zito is a pittsburgher yes used to write for the tribune review Review. Mm -hmm. um she Post what happened? She used to s- show up on uh, CNN a lot. No, she still does. Does she still? That's, that's where. That's where. Yeah, okay. She's still a pundit for CNN. She's and, now a. Uh, and she's written. Uh, she writes books about yeah. uh, supposedly explaining this area and why yeah. it's a Trump uh, rich why, why, area. Why it has uh, moving like thirdly, you know, like 
15 years ago, it was still consistently blue everywhere. Yeah, you and know, why Westmoreland it's gone. Westmoreland County, all these other areas. And she, of course, never says it's because she ne- of race. She, she doesn't. She literally barely mentions race ever. It's never an issue. She has a history of doing And that this. is absolutely the number one reason. Yes, I agree. Uh, and, um, and even John Murtha said it, right? You know, you know John Murtha oh, yeah. was a former congressman from Johnstown. Right. And, after, and he even said before he passed away... Um, he was a Democrat, but he was a blue dog Democrat. He was like, people loved him. Um, and uh, he even said, you know, people won't vote for Obama here, like, because they're too racist. He understood. <laughs> like, he understood. He yeah. These like, people who yeah. loved him and who he worked for, he, yeah. he knew them. Yeah. I kind of wish he was still alive. They're racist. I, yeah, yeah, I wish, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear. At least he talks straight. He, he did talk straight. Selena Zito, on the other hand, yes, it, has it creates mythologies. 100%. And, 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 and so she recently continued to do this because she was asked to basically speak for the Trump supporters because she's become like the Trump voter whisperer or whatever ever since she <laughs> like predicted his rise quote unquote predicted his rise in um um in this area and that's why she basically got a better job at CNN and is a columnist for the Washington Examiner which is a conservative paper um and so she went on CNN and was asked about uh the Trump racist tweets and how the supporters would be dealing with them and she basically threw her hands up and was just like, well, there's so much polarization that I don't think it will affect them. And that's basically all she said. And she didn't she didn't mention um, anything about uh, what the context of these you know things were. Just basically like, oh, this is just like, you know, there's just too much polarization. Later in the interview, just like it's like two minutes, uh, she says that one of the biggest problems is that there's uh, an immigration uh gridlock on both sides which is just like classic uh and like there isn't on both sides because it's it's the republicans who who haven't done anything about immigration they had a trifecta last year they had a trifecta being they controlled every house of our congress they controlled the white house they did nothing nothing they they kind of tried but then because they're because their uh, caucus is so far right at this point that they wanted to basically make the bill just a total immigrant restriction bill, like authored by Tom Cotton and David Perdue um, from the South. And they and then it failed because there's no way that's going to get any broad support because that's not good for the American economy is to just totally restrict immigration. And so basically there's <laughs> it's just. It's just it's like that's the ethos, I think, coming from even the conservative, even the quote unquote moderate conservative that that we just can't talk about race. You can't even bring it up. And even when the president is openly being racist, you can't we we what? like not allowed to talk about it. I guess like you can't call him racist because that's going to like, you know, well, that's going to rile up this other base. Like, why can't we confront this issue? It's terrible. Like, yesterday on the it, when the, the this vote to condemn uh, the yeah. president's tweet. So you got people trying to say, well, the president, Swalwell was repeating some of what uh, Trump has said. And he said, you know, these African nations were shithole nations and and blah, blah, blah. And and the Republicans are like, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the chair, chair, I protest, I protest. Rules matter. It's vulgar. (laughs) It's vulgar. You cannot, this is vulgarity. (laughs) Well, it's the president yeah, who said yeah, it. You just repeating the president's more, words. I know. Yeah, yeah. And so it was worse to actually call out the president on words that came out of his mouth. You cannot say those words on the floor of the House because Republicans will swoon. Yeah. It's not unlike what happened with... Um, in the state house in Harrisburg yeah, with no, the Republican the screaming and yelling it's all about, about, about them. Rules, yeah. rules, <laughs> yeah. decorum, decorum. And that Republicans, the aiders and abettors of this vulgar monstrosity that passes for our president, would talk about decorum. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, I, mean, I think they do that because they have no actual no. response. They have no intellectual response to these issues in the same way that they had no response 
in Harrisburg where they just had to like blame the rules for like that's all they got yeah like it, they are just grasping at straws right. anytime you bring up poverty anytime you bring up inequality anytime you bring up race and and I I, I kind of bristle at this idea that like we sh- like the media shouldn't focus on race because that plays right into Trump's hands and like maybe that will boost him and all this stuff it's like this is a this is a a life or death moment, I think, in America, and that we need to tackle this issue. I grew up very hopeful about these things. I grew up in a very diverse area. Um, my sister is um, an immigrant from Guatemala, uh, so I, you know, I thought that we were, we were, you know, we were, we were really progressing on these issues. And I read Martin Luther King and all these other things, and I was like very proud of America. Me too. And, and like, and I still am proud of America. Me too. And but I just think that like. It's pretty clear that we need to tackle these issues head on and we need to not like be like, oh, don't don't bring up racial issues because it'll stoke animosity. It's like, no, we need to make sure that people understand these things on a deeper level and not hide behind things. And so when you have Mike Kelly saying that he's a person of color because he's white. Uh, which is so absurd. He also said he's Anglo-Saxon and Irish. That is, that's also impossible. Like, impossible. There yeah. are no Anglo-Saxons in Ireland. They're Celtics. Like, I mean, he doesn't even know his own history. Like, yeah, what he's a an joke. Idiot. Like, well, I said you know, he's an idiot. Yeah. It says here that uh, Richard Florida, talking to Christiane Amanpour, said okay. he believes that the country has been split in two and will never come back together. That we're going to have to learn live as two separate countries within the same physical boundaries well that's what we are doing yeah, and I, I i don't i don't think that's doable what, we, we, i don't know that we're going to fight another civil war but we might i i don't i don't think it's going to get to that i think the majority of the country doesn't want this right now and the problem is is that the republicans have done a really good job at securing minority rule in terms of how they've uh take advantage of their structural advantages in the senate did you they, see yesterday they flipped the Western District, uh, I mean, Eastern District uh, Federal Court. Uh, they uh, put a, now there's a majority of Republicans. McConnell got another uh-huh. 40-some-year-old guy named yeah. Phipps, yeah. of oh, course. Well, yes, yeah, nice. P-H-I-P-P-S, yeah. <laughs> named Phipps onto the court. Uh-huh. That court was always sort of a, you know, oh, okay. neutral-ish okay. court. yeah. It's a Trump court. Now. No, that's what that's what this I mean. Is, is that I know that's what you yes, mean. Like, and this is they, what they're doing. Yes, in terms of the structural advantages, because they don't represent the majority yeah, the of majo- the people yes. of this country. And there's there's so many things, and you know we talk about this a lot. But in terms of the struggles of of how we overtake this, the problem is is that we've been behind the eight ball, and like liberals and people who just don't want it to be like this crazy haven't been organized enough to like to like fight these like structural disadvantages that we're now behind we have to come out and vote and outvote them consistently right but that's what we don't do and 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 and, like it probably won't happen or you know i think it i think it can but this is this is what i mean in terms of like us being just totally splintered no i think the majority of the country doesn't want this the problem is is that we just are you know though but ryan you know who else loves this total splinter Media. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of problems in the media. And I've been and, no, and, but I've, media. I'm members of the media. I mean, <laughs> myself. No, 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 no. But no, but I know. I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, yes, you're right. Well, because it's a. Co- I well, mean, the media has it, become entertainment. It ain't boring. Totally. Right. It's a. We live it's, in an entertainment e- uh, culture. Yes. Total. Yes. And politics co- is entertainment. Is now. entertainment now. That's the and reason that's we have how two nights have, of debates, even though like maybe a lot yeah, of those people shouldn't have been. That's on why the we debate. have Donald Trump as yes. the president. Yes, because he's um, an entertainer. He's an entertainer. Yeah. And we are screwed. We have been made into a people who who are consumers of entertainment. Yeah. The, Absolutely. Our job used to be citizen. Citizens no more. We are just consumers of entertainment, yeah. and they got us. And with the help of technology, they really got us. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, you might have been a hopeful young man in uh, California, yeah, but um, I, was. I think I hope. Was. Okay, I think hope <laughs> is hard to come by. I want to just change subjects while sure. we got you sure. here, because I came across this, and I know this is up your alley. More than 6,200 pedestrians died last year uh, in this country, up 50% in 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
It was also the second year in a row that overall traffic deaths fell, while pedestrian deaths rose. They say here that the increase is largely due to the proliferation of SUVs. Ah, yes. Oh, I'm, I'm actually really glad this is getting um, much more media attention. Uh, wow. Because, yeah. Um, all those big, stupid cars that all those little suburban women are, are, are driving sure. and parking. Like, I can't even find my... You know, to Walmart my, or whatever. I know. I like, can't you know, even... They're not loading anything at... I can't find my car in a parking lot because of the profile. Yeah. I, I mean, well, it disappears. Actually, I actually think this has a tie to what we're talking about, entertainment and marketing, because I think the proliferation of SUVs is because car companies have just convinced themselves that that's what they need to sell. If you watch any, any hours of TV you know, with commercials, not like on Netflix or anything, um, you'll see the SUV ads, the giant truck ads. That's right. Everything. That's all there is. That is what they're marketing. They That's are true. not marketing as many smaller cars, as many more fuel-efficient cars. They have totally gone away from that, probably because gas is, uh, uh, you know, like Relatively than, cheap, Exactly. Right. And so, and yes, and you're right, and we are actually killing more and more pedestrians. That, well, the, and it's the a crisis, numbers, and the, nobody thinks Nobody gives is. a damn. Yeah, the don't. numbers are in. And why are SUVs killing uh, more pedestrians? And they're responsible. Because of their greater weight, they're higher bumpers, yep. and higher the fact that they have diminished visibility for some reason, which I find, I don't know why yeah. that's there. Well, because you're up, I, I think like, you're up so high you don't see the little people down below. Sure. You just mow yeah. them over. Yeah, well, and, and you know, also like they're just like usually SUVs like windows, so there's like a lot more blind spots in SUVs um, and all these other things. So I think. Yes, and like I think people need to really think about like how high the chassis are on these like trucks and SUVs because that's when they strike people they're hitting them right in the chest instead right. of the legs, and right. um, yeah it's a it's it's a really big issue and actually Allegheny County suffers from some of the most crashes um, in all of Pennsylvania and it's 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 something that is um, not uh, really talked about that much and it is a growing issue and in and we're not really doing anything to um, address it and it's. Uh, I want to just throw this by you, too, while we got a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last time you were on, I was squawking about um, all the ugly buildings going up, my oh, fear yeah. about the strip district yeah. being destroyed. Yeah. And I, I'm not even going to say it's a fear. Yeah. This is my prediction. Okay. Okay? Yeah. You, you can, I might be dead, but you can watch it happen. <laughs> okay. It is going, they're going to let the the rich and the capitalists destroy it. I was blown away to see this quote. I mean, this headline. Yeah. The planning commission is demanding better architecture for the strip district. Yeah. That is so unlike yeah. any governmental entity. They just sign off on yeah. this shit. Yeah. Oh, all you have to do is come to my neighborhood yeah. uh, in the East End. Uh-huh. The proliferation of yeah. ugly buildings yeah. that we are supposed to we are supposed to celebrate because yeah. it means we're growing. Yeah, sure. It is so friggin' ugly. Yeah. If Walnut Capital puts up one more building, I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna go nuts. Yeah, no, it's a it's um I think that's just like how how um developers uh like you know they operate now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put all the blame on the developers too, because I think I think our our structures and our um, investment are also to blame. We we basically this is this is how the developers make money for building buildings. If they if if they put too much money into um, other things, there's not enough incentives that we're giving them to break even basically like no i think this is actually true like you know they borrow the money to start with yeah my understanding yes but i think the reason why a lot of buildings are ugly is because they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to maximize their profit margins you know yeah right yeah yeah. and they're blighting the landscape with these well no they're not blighting because they're actually building right because there's Ah, nothing there before oh yes there was not not you know not the strip district building it's just a parking lot right now yeah, I mean it's nothing, you know. And so I, I don't, I, I agree with you that like we need to focus on architecture and we need to have better buildings that fit into our overall appeal. But I think it needs, I think it's a mixture of not only, um, you know, demanding that from the, uh, you know, developers, but also making sure that 
they can do it, I guess. Like, and they're not like basically just like sinking money into a project. Like, they're not benevolent, you know. Developers oh, are not benevolent. Oh, oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> this is, this just in. <laughs> I am shocked. Shocked. But I guess if we right. want to make it better, we can't just offer sticks. We have to offer some carrots too. Okay, you know. Woo, Ryan. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. By the way, and we're out of time. Oh, bummer. Guys. It always happens. Yeah. It happens. Hey, guys, I'll be back uh, tomorrow, too. And I'm going to try not to start the show with a sigh. I keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for being there. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And uh, see you.